Thanks for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church, and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. Hey podcast listeners, you're back to have some fun with us here in the book of Acts. We're so glad to have you. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, and I'm here with fellow Grace Pastor, Pastor Jim Hebner, how are you today? I'm fine, Pastor Hockman. You're doing well, too? I am doing very well. That's good. Yeah. Here we are, gathered in your studio. recording confines. In, studio. in your studio. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on two chairs with microphones. Of, That's a studio, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Of, of two <laughs> cushy chairs and two microphones. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a appropriate place in order to talk about this grand book. It's really fun to think about these chapter by chapter reading and all the messages that the God brings to us. And I've enjoyed this one. We've had the opportunity on the podcast here to, we went through the gospel of Matthew a few months back and mm-hmm. um, have done some overviews of individual Bible books and just get a chance to look at it a little bit differently and yeah. look for themes and commonalities and I, I, i've enjoyed it and yeah i hope that our podcast listeners, listeners do too right yeah yeah well the big one that we see and we had mentioned this i think in previous podcasts about acts is you can track you know as the resurrection of jesus is proclaimed as the foundation for faith and stuff like that we see that again in this chapter and then on to others so what a marvelous thing it's Oh, is it that the way it starts has got that interesting story. It's always been a story of contrast. You know, there's this lame man who's there at the temple area, and Peter and John come by. <laughs> One of the favorite lines they have, right? Did, did we say we're in chapter three? I don't recall. I think, yeah. Well, did we, we, did we? Yeah. we are. We're in chapter three. Oh, okay. I hope you are yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the disciples. Uh, here and, and some of their first actions in the, this early church post Pentecost here in chapter three and right. um, how God is blessing their efforts and and guiding the gospel as it's being proclaimed and right. we we spoke a little bit in in the last episode in in chapter two about the uh, Pentecostal or the Pentecost gifts the special outpouring oh, yeah. of the Holy Spirit. And and you see that here, uh, the, the mm-hmm. disciples are are given these apostles are given miraculous power and the ability to right. to perform healings. Yeah, um, and we'll see that um, in the next few chapters as well. This is a surprise,r though, for everybody around them. That, but uh, 
the apostles understood from Jesus' promise that they would have this ability. And, you know, that famous line, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus' walk. That's just, I can still think back to the older, you know, translation, silver and gold have I none. Have you know. I none. Yeah. <laughs> But silver and gold I don't have. Because that's what the beggar would be looking for, right? He'd be looking for money. That's the only way you could survive. Right. That this lame man is actually a you know a beggar. They'd go uh, get placed outside the yeah. temple courts. or And then that was the way that, that they'd receive their support, right? Whether it's food or yeah. silver or gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's That was the way that they were able to support themselves. So, you know, that's an interesting statement, though. He doesn't have the silver. So, you know, Peter and his companion are not rolling in dough. They got extra change and, oh, here, give you some bucks and we'll get rid. No, I got something better for you. And it's it's a beautiful thing, the miracle and the message that uh, he shares with this individual who was unable to walk. And he had been at it for some time because I think in a later chapter we're coming across as... um, the enemies are being are challenging that Peter and John that this guy had been like in in his forties or forty years he was lame so really you use remarkable. the word surprised and I'm sure that the the beggar was surprised <laughs> um, I like that um, Peter says that's verse twelve fellow Israelites why does this surprise you <laughs> why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. Uh, and then he goes on to say, it's the yeah. God of Abraham, Isaac. Your God did this. Your God, who in, in the whole right. Testament had recorded miracles like this and healings like this and power like this. Um, so put it together. Yeah. <laughs> Piece yeah. this together. Figure this out. This is our, our powerful God who created the universe and yeah. and continues to use his power for our benefit. And he uses that as a springboard to get into what would we would hope be very clear in all of our messages, right, is uh, technical terminology, law and gospel, the pointing out of their sin very specifically, too. Very, very yeah. specifically. You, you crucified him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're, that's uh, sticking the dagger in, right? You know, yeah. And then uh, followed up with the call to repentance yeah, and but trust in the from promise. The and and uh, weaves that into, you know, you, you messed up, Jewish nation, Jewish leaders. But God worked that for good. God yeah. worked that to bring healing and hope and everlasting life to his people. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that he uses the language that had been in chapter one where Jesus said, you're my witnesses. And he says, well, we are witnesses of the fact because this, this is not a made up kind of dream thing. They actually saw him alive. and They were witnesses to his resurrection. But... uh it's really an interesting message that he brings them because not only the connection with what you referenced, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but then starting in verse 17 and following about um, the Holy Scriptures and the prophets are all predicting, he says, that this would happen, that the Christ would suffer and rise again. And so what he promised long ago is really true. <laughs> yeah. And then in the concluding verses of the chapter, and you are heirs of the prophets and the covenant God made with your fathers. Yeah, um, you're the you're the continuation of this story of history. You are are the ones that that now receive the not just the prophetic message, but the fulfillment of the prophetic right. message. Right. This is this is 
yours. This is given to you as a gift of God. And we, we often think about, you know, the prophets as those who made predictions when really they're the, the, to prophesy is to proclaim, to tell forth. Did they also foretell? Sure. Uh, the, the primary goal is to tell forth, to proclaim the goodness of God and who he is and what he did. But then there were also those predictions as they would foretell. And, you know, I know as, as a younger person, I would often think of, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the ones who were, have these different prophecies about the coming Messiah. But Moses already way back, the first Bible writer that God used, was already one who could be considered not only an administrator and leader for the people of Israel, but a proclaimer of the goodness of God and the the prophecy about the coming Savior. And that's right. wrapped right in here in and, Peter's uh, sermon that Moses was the guy who had said, the Lord will raise a prophet like me. Listen to him. Right. Another uh, direct quote of an Old Testament prophet. We've we've been identifying that that um, that here Luke is continually referencing Old Testament scriptures and to continue yeah. to continue to connect current events in in his eyes and mind. Just Jesus resurrection, new church is all yeah all the fulfillment of of what this God has been promising for thousands and thousands of years. And his reference too to another one too from all the prophets from Samuel on, you know that we you know we've seen Samuel in our Old Testament studies as this. Um, um, so he had three different jobs because he ended up when Saul the king was so awful. Uh, Samuel did some administrative work in Israel and military leading a bit. Certainly was a priest. He was trained that way since childhood. And he was proclaiming, so prophet, priest, and king. And it's a little foreshadowing about the threefold office of the Savior. But um, as he was proclaiming, he also, Samuel, was recognized as one who, you know, like when he was anointing uh, young David to be the next king, there's that folded in there that David's great descendant would be the promised Savior. So Samuel is a proclaimer, and he would be one who would tell forth and foretell also. Which really is one of these chapters that if you read it and you enjoy it, the story is so great. I mean, you can just zip right through it and really enjoy it. But when you think about that whole concept about the fulfillment of prophecy, which is really a a core issue here for Peter in his sermon as he's talking to people about, you know, you've got the scriptures, you've got the predictions. And so let's make the link here, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. But that, how do we know the Bible's true? What other book in the history of mankind would have that kind of thing? Not only performance of miracles, but this fulfillment of prophecy thing that hundreds and hundreds of predictions made and they all come true. Right, and specific prophecy, too. Yeah, not, and especially about the Savior. Not the Nostradamus, just yeah. more like yeah. uh, good things will happen yeah. to you. Yeah, like I think it's going to rain tomorrow Fulfilled or a thousand yeah. different ways. Right. You but, know. Um, and some of them that even without having the story that fulfills seem contradictory. Yeah. You know, that the Savior would come up out of Egypt, that he'd be from Nazareth, that he'd be born in Bethlehem. Like, that <laughs> sounds like three different guys, right? Yeah. That sounds like three things that can't possibly... How can that... Yeah. And then you see the record... Come, and, come true, and like, they all oh, right. look at that. All three of those yeah. are fulfilled in Jesus. Yeah, um, and those specifics you get from the psalmists and from Isaiah and stuff about things like bones not broken, and they're going to shake dice for his clothes, and all this. The statement, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken?" All that 
those details, I thirst, you know, these kinds of things that are thousands of, hundreds of years, a thousand years from David, but, you know, hundreds of years in the prophets, and they all come true. So reading through chapter 3 is not only the glorious miracle that God gave the apostles' ability to do to back up their message and then his sermon, but also it underscores our confidence that all the Bible is true. And of course, this is most most certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.